May I encourage you to grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Daniel. Book of Daniel. We want to take a look at, we've been uh, walking through and looking at uh, different prophets in the Old Testament. This morning I would like us to take a look at Daniel. And if you don't have your Bibles, but you have it on your phone, uh, please go there as well to the app. In your bulletin, there is an outline, and may I encourage you to follow along there, make some notes if you want to, uh, and, and go from there as well. We've been working for the last couple months. Uh, we had a break in December, uh, so we worked through November of transitioning well. And we wanted to start a new series in, in line with that in January, looking at the different prophets. And last Sunday we talked about and looked at the book of Jonah. We walked through a book in, in uh, one sitting. So it was good to see of just how God used Jonah and how that can be applied to our life today. And I wanted us to do that this morning. And looking at Daniel, and we're going to look at the first chapter of the first 20 verses of Daniel, chapter 1. The word change is a powerful word. At the very thought of change, varying emotions of fear, anxiety, excitement, anticipation, caution can be felt depending on the circumstances and the context in which the thought of change occurs. We all experience change. I found this very interesting in my readings this week and as I was putting it all together and reviewing, while you are sitting here, you are changing. During this message, about a half million cells in your body are going to die and be replaced with a half a million new cells during my 30-minute message. I found that overwhelming. You are being made new just sitting here. How awesome is that? Our skin replaces itself every month. Your stomach lining undergoes a complete change in five days. Your liver every six weeks and your skeleton every three months. Change is natural. Our bodies are continually changing and it's a natural aging process where we're gradually getting older and hopefully wiser. Everyone in this room either has experienced or is, it, or is experiencing or will experience change by forces impressed upon you. One thing that is constant in our life is change. As we experience these various types of changing, sometimes we don't handle it well. Sometimes we get testy or angry. Sometimes simply unbearable. 
And sometimes, depending on the situation, we might even lose hope. And we can learn how to cope with change in a positive manner. By the example of a young teenager named Daniel. So let me give you a little bit of history as before we dive into this first chapter. In approximately 605 B.C., the lives of the Israelites were turned upside down when Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar came in and wiped out Jerusalem. Defeated it. Its defeat was humiliating. But what was worse was the looting of the temple. The holy vessels used in worship were taken and placed in the shrine of a pagan god. And also the citizens of Jerusalem were taken in exile in Babylon. Four of those mentioned here were young teenage boys. Daniel, Meshach, Abednego. They're now living in a foreign land. They're living in a foreign culture that did not care about the things of God and offered them opportunities to do things and participate in things that they would never have imagined. They were far from their families, and anyone who, had, and who would have provided supervision and guidance, they were away from them. And so let us look at how Daniel coped with change. So come with me, if you will, to chapter 1. Verse 1. In the third year of the reign, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered the king of Judah into his hands, along with some of the articles of the temple of God, and these were carried off to the temple of his God in Babylon and put in the treasury house of his God. And then the king ordered the chief of his court officers, officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylons. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were trained, they were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among them was Daniel. And the chief official gave them new names to Daniel. He gave them Ash, Meshach, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor 
and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you look worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over them, Please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink, and then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servant in accordance with what you see. And so he agreed to this and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. And so the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were drink were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Can you imagine the uproar there? And to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. And at the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief officer official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel and his partners. And so they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, the enchanters, in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of a king of Cyrus. How did Daniel cope with change? The first thing that we see is that he looked up. The first thing that we see is that he looked up. He took the eyes off of circumstances and fixed his eyes on his Jehovah, his God, Jesus. The author and perfecter of your faith. The perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. We are to focus, when we focus on our circumstances, we are taking a worldview that is short-sighted and distorted. All we can see is our immediate circumstances. And when we focus upon God and who he is and who he says we are, then we gain a biblical view of the world. And we remember that our citizenship is in heaven, that we're only here temporarily. When we look up, the first thing we see is that God is in control. We receive a biblical view of the world, and we remember that God is in control. Here's Daniel taken away from his home, from his family, from all that he knew. He got placed in the king's court. And through it all, he remembered that God is in control. He had all this fine food and wine 
And he said, I don't want that. Just give us vegetables and water. And verse 2 shows us that God is active in this event because it says that God delivered the king of Israel, of Judah, into his hands. Along with some of the articles, God was in control. This probably should not come as a surprise. Since he told the prophet Isaiah approximately 100 years before that this was going to happen. And he said this, This time will surely come when everything in your palace and all that your fathers have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, who will be born, will be taken away, and they will become incubines in the palace of the king. Eunuchs, pardon me, in the palace of the king. I'm sure Daniel and his friends didn't understand what was going on and probably why. There was probably a lot of why God questions. But ultimately they knew that God was in control. That he would carry them through. We also see that when Daniel looked up, he viewed that God is with us. God is with you. God is with him. We're all familiar of that great commission in Matthew chapter 28. And we all know that God commands us to go to make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and to teach them to obey everything that God has given us in his word. We know that. But a lot of times we forget the very end of the verse 20 where Jesus says, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He isn't just there sometimes. He's with you always. He isn't just there for part of the journey and then leaves. He's with you and me every step of the way of our journey home to be with him. There is no place that you can be that he is not where with you. He is with you in the good times and in the bad times. And before Israel and the Israelites came into the land, promised land, God told Joshua three times, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And God tells that to you and I today. I will never leave you nor forsake you. When we look up, we realize that God has authority. Nebuchadnezzar was a smart guy. He knew all about war and the need for winning the hearts and minds of his newly conquered people. 
and he began a program of indoctrination. He was going to teach these new subjects how to think and act like Babylonians. And so he took young men from their royal family and nobility who were smart. He wanted young men so that he could influence them and they in turn could influence others. And therefore, win over the next generation. And he started off his indoctrination by changing their names. And by changing names, Nebuchadnezzar was letting them know that he is the one who has authority over them. And that their heritage is forever lost. And now he controls their destiny. You see, a person's name reflected their background and character. And we see in this story that God has authority over this. That God knew this and controlled it and had authority. As we go through the life of Daniel here, we start living out our faith. And in order to cope with change, we need to look up. And the second thing we need to do is live out our faith. You see, sometimes faith is easier to talk about than it is to live out. James says this, that faith without works is useless. This is what Daniel did. God, the first thing we see is that God answers and honors godly character. As we live out our faith, God will honor godly character. Daniel said, I don't want to defile my body with all these good foods that the king has given to us and these drinks. Daniel's parents are nowhere to be found. They're not looking over his shoulder. He's being offered choice food from the king's table. And all his other Israelite friends, they're doing it. Except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. Imagine the peer pressure that is on this young man and the temptation he's experiencing. And look at the text. Verse 8, it says, Daniel proposed in his heart not to defile himself. He was committed to keeping himself pure before God. He was steadfast in his convictions. He wasn't going to compromise his values. As we experience change, and we move from one location to another, as we endure long separations, as we encounter different cultures and temptations, we also have to propose in our heart to be obedient to God. 
when we live out our faith, we need to trust God. As you and I are living out our faith by exhibiting godly character and not compromising value, we need to trust God to help you and I. When Daniel said to this official, I don't want to defile my body. Just give us vegetables and water. Man, he was trusting God big time. You see, God is able to work in the lives of even those who don't believe in him. And God moves in the life of the guard that shows favor to Daniel and his three friends. But the king had power over this guard. The guard was very fearful for his head. He was more fearful of the king than he was of the God he did not know, the God of Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel's faith, however, was unwavering. And he knew that God was going to honor his faithfulness. And so he said to the guard, just try it and see for yourself. And at the end of 10 days, take a look at us. See if we're not better than those that are eating the food from the king. As we move through change, as you move through it in your personal life, we need to look up, we need to live out our faith, and we need to look ahead expectantly. You see, Daniel fully expected God to honor their faith. He expected God to work in their lives. He expected God to deliver them from their circumstances. He just didn't know how God was going to do it. The first thing when we see this, when we live looking ahead expectantly, is that God is preparing you. God was preparing these young men for the service he was calling them. He was preparing them for now, for the future. Verse 17. These four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. God gave them the knowledge and the understanding. Not King Nebuchadnezzar. God gave them the opportunity to learn, the ability to learn. You see, God was preparing to elevate them to positions of leadership within Babylon so that they could bring glory to God as they continued to not compromise their values. And we really see this come to a crux when King Nebuchadnezzar builds this big idol and he wants everybody to bow down. And Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, they did not do this. God was preparing them for that. Even now, 
Jeremiah 29, 11 says this for you and I. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. As you encounter trials and change, remember that God is preparing you for a future. He's trying to draw you closer to Him so that you will trust Him. You will lean on Him rather than your own strengths and your own abilities. As we look forward with expectation, God is faithful to carry out His plan for He who began a good work in you will carry it out unto completion. You see, God's plans don't always occur overnight. Daniel and his friends spent three years in training in Babylon. They spent three years in the Babylon culture and education system. And God was at work in their lives during this time also. And at the end of the three years, the king questioned them. And it says this, that he found none equal to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. He found them ten times better than all the musicians and the enchanters in his whole kingdom. You see, God did exceedingly abundant more than it could have ever been asked for or imagined in these lives of these four men, these four Israelites, Daniel. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you and I are able to imagine in our lives as well. Don't you know what we are experiencing today, what we will be experiencing in the near future, God knows. God cares. And God has a perfect plan for you and I. And part of that plan is that he desires for you and I to know him more and to trust him more. If you're here this morning and you know about Jesus Christ, you've heard about him, you've heard about God, but you don't know him and experience it in his heart, may I encourage you Take the time to do that now, to take that step. I was thinking about this as I was doing the dishes.
couple times this week. You can tell what's inside a wet sponge by pressing on it and watch what comes out. As the changes of life and circumstances press in on us as people, people will be able to see and watch what's inside you and I. If we look up, if we live out our faith, if we look ahead expectantly, then people will see the Holy Spirit oozing out when we get pressed. In the different things that happen in our lives, from work and in all different aspects of our work, people will see what's in our heart, what's in our life, when we get pressed, what comes out? What comes out? Let me just close this morning in prayer. I would invite the elders to come up as well as the team. If you would like prayer, if you would like to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please talk to one of the elders. They would love to share that with you. So team, come on up. Don't be shy. And the elders, too, you come up and sit in the front. That would be great. And let me just uh, close with prayer. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for how you are in control. And we see from this story of Daniel how you worked and moved mightily in his life, in Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego's life. Lord, may we stand strong in you. When life presses in on us and what oozes out, may people see you. Lord, when we fall short, when we mess up, Lord, may you clean us up. May we be redeemed by you. Lord, may you dust us off and put us back on track. Lord, may we just keep our eyes on you. May we live out our faith and may we live it out with expectation to see your good work in our lives, at our work, at our homes, and in this church body, Lord. We just pray and ask these things in your name.